What's up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Coming off the very first game of the Indiana Pacers 21-22 preseason against the New York Knicks. Plenty to talk about with respect to this game. We saw, I think, everyone available was used. I think around 15, 16 players were used uh, total by Rick Carlisle today. Uh, we saw former NBL player Kiefer Sykes make an appearance. We saw former NBL player Tory Craig uh, play, you know, 18 minutes today. We saw a, a look of what the bench looks like now that we don't have Karis LeVert and TJ Warren, and we got a Woj bomb halfway through the game. So we will get to all of that. But I want to start with the game itself. Um, I was a little disappointed to see the starters include Justin Holiday and particularly Jeremy Lamb coming off the fact that he hasn't played a lot of professional basketball the last two years, really, with the ball club, although you could say that about a few players on the Pacers team. Justin, um, the the starting lineup seemed a bit vanilla for me. I would have loved to have seen uh, Duarte get in there, and he did play a little with the starters. Um, what did you think overall of, firstly, the way the starters looked? Because we'll get to the bench soon. I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts on that. Yeah, as always. Um, regarding the starting lineup, it didn't surprise me, but I was disappointed. Um, I know it's only preseason, but... Yeah, I would, love, I would love to see some game time for the rookie. Uh, definitely starting. I think Mike Breen, I, I watched the uh, New York Knicks commentary and he was even mentioning, you know, Pacers have a good starting lineup when they're healthy. But then when you have to start Holiday and then start Jeremy Lamb, it kind of kills everything. Then the starting unit's pretty weak and then the bench unit's that much weaker. So I couldn't agree more with Mike Breen. Um, I mean, hopefully in the next few preseason games, you know, I think Duarte should start. He was our leading scorer today. So, I mean, why, why wouldn't you plug him into the starting lineup? Yeah, Lamb, I mean, he got a ridiculous amount of rebounds. I think he had five in the first quarter alone, but he he never really looked totally comfortable in the game. His shot didn't look very confident whatsoever. I mean, he was two of seven, which is nothing new for our starting lineup. Our, the shooting percentages on our starting lineup were not good aside from Justin Holiday, But it just didn't seem like the right fit. It seemed a little bit plotting. It seemed a bit slow. And then you, you know, you get Duarte in the game and you get that youthful exuberance of a rookie playing their first game of a guy in their first season of a guy that wants to make an impression. And I just, the sense of urgency, Alex from Duarte told me everything I needed to know about how excited he was to be in the game, but also the fact that he belonged there. He looked like he belonged. Looked just like summer league again, mate. You know, we tried not to overreact to summer league as much as we could, but yeah, it was more of the same. He, it was it was honestly amazing because I didn't know how much of a green light he would have or how much, uh, I guess, usage he would get. But Rick Carlisle seemed to make him almost the first option coming off the bench, which is why you know when we're talking about the starters, my only concern is if you move Duarte to the starting lineup, who's creating their own shot off the dribble in that second unit? Like yeah. Jeremy Lamb looks bad, man. I- I'm sorry, he does not yeah. look good. Um, so, so again, I agree with you. I'd love to see Duarte get a great opportunity with the the starting guys, but I just that is my main concern is just there's not enough scoring outside of him right now with that with that bench unit. 
Justin, that's your favorite topic. You've been saying this all summer regarding the bench and the way that the bench is uh, is built. There's just no scoring on this bench when we're not at full strength. I mean, I guess even if we were at full strength, you put Justin Holiday, you put Jeremy Lamb on the bench. There's still no real creator aside from potentially the youngest guy uh, on that you know second unit. Like even even O'Shea Brissett, like he's he's good for a corner three and he he hustles, gets boards and stuff, but he can't be relied upon to to make big shots. Duarte, a, a lot's going to be relied upon this kid this season. Yeah, and that's alarm bells. Yeah, <laughs> again, isn't it? You said it's my favorite subject. Well, it's probably my least favorite subject <laughs> because I <laughs> I hate talking about it because I, it's a major concern. Look, I struggled. You know, I've been pretty negative about this team recently. I think I've probably got to think about some more positives. I think I've been pretty harsh on the paces, but that's just my honest feelings. I think this is going to be a tough season. I've mentioned it, but look, I will say one positive I saw today was TJ McConnell's three-point shot. Um, he hit two of them, talked a bit of trash to the Knicks bench. Um, that That's going to help spread the floor in that second unit which we, which we have struggled with so look if i want to say one positive it's um tj mcconnell you know everyone said he's worked in his shot is off in the off season with his dad it looks like it looks like he has and that could benefit the bench you know greatly he just has to be treated as a genuine threat to make a shot to make a difference i think you know he doesn't even have to shoot a high percentage the defenses at the moment have been like we saw defenses lag off him significantly last season because there was just no confidence that he would make that shot. And just the, the threat of him being able to make it will be enough to stretch the defense enough and create some sort of a passing lane for, for one of his teammates to get free and and get an open shot in a better position. But yeah, I, I agree. That's, that's a positive. I, I want to talk about Isaiah Jackson as well. Um, Alex, you made a comment, uh, you know, I think our chat earlier today about he, the need of, for him to add, I guess, an NBA body and how much that will make a difference. I mean, he, he was clearly bullied by veterans at different points on the Knicks today. I saw Taj Gibson bully him pretty early on. And, but aside from that, he was, once again, it was that youthful exuberance. He was up and down the floor. He was excited to be there. He had a couple of dunks. He looked exciting. He's athletic. He's everything that we haven't had for the past couple of years. Yeah, I, I love everything he brings to the team. Um, well, I was actually a little bit surprised, though, to be honest with you, that that he got the run before Goga did. Yeah. And I'll, I'll let you discuss that, Adam, your thoughts. I know you have some, but yeah, look, uh, if Rick Carlisle trusts him, as you said, he's a guy who can run the floor. He can play on the perimeter because he's, you know, a better defender out there than, than Goga is and... Look, I mean, uh, it, it's so tough because you saw some flashes today, right? What Goga's good at. He had a couple of block shots. He knocked down a three-pointer. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this guy can be a, a big-time player off the bench. But then, you know, Goga goes through those lapses where he just does nothing. So if yeah. Isaiah Jackson takes advantage of those minutes, I don't see why he can't be coming off the bench during the season. Played under 12 minutes today, Goga, the 13th most on the team, he had Jeez. three points, two boards and two blocks. Um, it, it's alarm bells, I think, for Goga in the long term, particularly if Jackson becomes a viable uh, backup for 
next to one of Sabonis or Turner. And, and there was an attempt there to play Jackson and Sabonis together early on. I like that fit because Sabonis, whilst he, I think, showed slightly improved defense, he had a really nice block in the game. Um, that fit with a guy who can be a shot blocker has always been something that he has needed. So if Jackson is a logical fit off the bench beside him, then Goga's days uh, as an active NBA player might be in a little bit of trouble, which pains me to say because I think we all had high hopes for Goga out of the draft in that first season in that flash that he showed. I still remember that preseason game against the Wolves where he had a really good quarter and everyone thought, oh, here comes Goga, but he just couldn't ever put it together. He went to the G League for a while um, and put up some 2020s in the G League and everyone thought, okay, he's too good for this league, but he just couldn't find his footing in the NBA. And and Justin, I'm, I'm a, quite concerned for his future on this team if Rick Carlisle isn't even playing him as the backup center in the first preseason game. Yeah, forgive me if the listeners think I'm lying here, but I can't remember if I said on the last episode or just you guys, but I don't think Goga will be on the team come the trade deadline. Um, I think they'll they'll move him, uh, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you like you mentioned, Adam, first hand in the preseason, the 19-year-old rookie is now ahead in the depth chart than Goga. So that kind of screams trouble. Um, I, th- I feel like Goga is going to be on a real short leash this year, pending any injuries, which we'll probably sustain anyway. So m- maybe he'll be the starter come week one. Um, but maybe, yeah, let's let's hope not. But yeah, hi- highly concerned. For me, the most disappointing thing again, we are, we know it's only preseason game one, but if they come out against Charlotte like that uh, opening day. I'm going to be really, really concerned. There was no defensive effort. It felt like we were watching a transition. Transition, transition defense. Yeah. It was the same thing as the, the Wizards games last year, man. Just easy buckets. Look like they'll play yeah, in a rec team. I didn't see a whole new coach philosophy come out and you go, whoa, this is different. Like they're, they're mm. a different team to last year. It was kind of tune in 10 minutes. Oh, sorry, five, 10 minutes. Oh, we're down double digits. Game's over. And you shrug and go, this is exactly like last season, isn't it? It was, yeah, it was a little like that. I mean, I want to, I want to play devil's advocate a little bit. The the bench unit of Duarte McConnell, Tory Craig, O'Shea Brissett, and Isaiah Jackson, three out of those five players went on the team last season. So there is a lot of familiarity happening here. Jeremy Lamb was injured for most, if not all, of last season with an ACL. Um, you know, we're losing. We we don't have our our two starting wing players. I think there are a lot of not excuses, but there are a lot of reasons why we saw what we saw. And I think it's it would be fair to say that, particularly for that bench unit that started the second half and I think gave up 10 points straight um, to open the third quarter or something very similar to that, um, the familiarity there of those players is doesn't exist. So um, the more that they get reps, the more they get to play together, you would hope then some chemistry would develop. You can't expect that bench unit to have chemistry when three out of those five players didn't play together. And when the other two, McConnell and O'Shea, O'Shea was a late season addition. So he only played like the last two and a half, three months of, of last season. So I want to play devil's advocate on the bench a little bit just because they are so unfamiliar with each other. The other thing I want to say about Goga is that bench unit was so poor and did give up so many points in um, different spurts. Maybe 
that will cause a slight change for preseason game two. Maybe um, the next game or the next couple of games is the chance that Carlisle says, well, Goga, you are the first big off the bench. You have the opportunity to be the center off the bench to give you the chance to hold down this defensively because this bench group could not hold it down defensively. I mean, the the um, starting group didn't do a whole hell of a lot better, unfortunately, but the bench group were worse in different spurts. They gave up a lot of runs. So I, um, I want to play that devil's advocate. Um, I think, you know, it, it's Sabonis, Turner, Brogdon. It was more of the same for me. I didn't really see all that much aside from Miles Turner being a slightly more aggressive. Alex, was there anything that, um, stood out to you about the game? I was literally just going to say that, you know, early on, every time Miles touched the ball, he looked to score. And we we really haven't seen that at all. So that was the the, the really good thing for me. Um, but yeah, look, outside of that, there there really was nothing worthwhile. I mean, Sabonis is going to be Sabonis. Uh, Brogdon looked slower than usual, but it's preseason, so I'll let it slide. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, but look, it is, as you said, Adam, like we were missing players. A lot of these guys haven't been together and preseason means absolutely nothing at the end of the day. I mean, Tom Thibodeau was playing his starters to like the end of the third quarter because that's what Tibbs does. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, yeah, it's not worth overreacting, but there's, there's still obviously those same concerns we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Hockey is back and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any hockey game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The other, the only other positive I want to point out is we won the rebound count fifty four to forty nine. I, I, it's a really small thing, but we talked a lot last year about the lack of rebounding on this team. If there's going to be an emphasis on rebounding, if there's going to be uh, the roster is more geared towards players that rebound, then I think that can only be a really good thing. So hopefully Rick Carlisle uh, emphasizes, you know, cleaning the glass throughout the season. Because Justin, it was such a glaring hole in this lineup last year. Of all of the glaring holes we had, rebounds was one of those ones that you could probably link to a win or a loss pretty easily. Yeah, you could. We'd always get our rebound, and and you know it's it's hard. Like Adam, before you were making a lot of uh, points on you know why the Pacers struggled today with their new lineup, and I agree with you. All your points were kind of correct in saying that, but I will say you know. I hate being again devil's advocate the other way, but I watched Chicago with a whole new, a whole new starting lineup today with Ball with DeRozan, and they were up fifty points, and they were like watching a well, yeah, like they played together for three years. That Chicago yep. team, Houston with all their rookies today, you know, Jalen Green with Porter Jr., Tice was it like 
they they beat Washington. They looked fluid. Like so, yes, you are correct in saying Pacers had a lot of excuses, but these other teams I'm watching aren't using those excuses, and they look a lot better than the Pacers. So that's concerning to me. But yeah, each to their own, I guess. Yeah, I think I'm trying to take some positives out of the game. Yeah, I yeah. Think, uh, <laughs> it's it's tough to do though because the the, the team didn't look great. So um, we can only hope for a uh, a better showing in preseason game two. Got to talk about what happened at about I think it was the second or third quarter of today's game. Adrian Wojnarowski Wojnarowski tweeted out that the Pacers had traded Edmund Sumner along with a 2025. Second round pick to, I believe, uh, was it the Brooklyn Nets uh, for yep. the draft rights to a draft and stash player that will likely never see the light of day. And this was sad. Like, I, I'm going to go to you in a second, Alex, because you've been, um, you know, you've done a couple of hype videos for Sumner. Justin, I'll, I'll go to you as well, because you've been probably Ed's number one fan on this show since day one. But Alex, I'll start with you. I'll, I'll let the listeners wait for Justin's thoughts. But this is the business part of basketball that's really difficult. Yeah, look, it, it hurts, man. Like, I, I feel so bad for Ed. He's a guy who we've talked about a lot on the show as taking advantage of all these minutes. And I feel, I, I feel really bad for him genuinely as a human being. I know he's a really good dude. You know, he always shows love to my work as well. But he's a guy who's had to deal with injuries since Xavier. Like since he was in college, he's had to deal with injuries. His rookie year, he only played like two minutes. Um, so I, I, I hurt for him. You know, this is, I understand the business side of it, as you alluded to there, but it's just so rough. Like this guy was coming off a career year where he almost shot 40% from three. Uh, he was up for a contract extension, which he would have gotten 100%, no doubt in my mind. Um, and now he, he finds himself not even on an NBA roster. Like that, that's crazy. It's cruel. Uh, it's, you know, for a guy that plays as hard as Ed plays, it's it seems cruel. Uh, Justin, as I say, you've been the biggest supporter in this podcast of of Edmund Sumner out of the three of us. We we would often have those Edmund Sumner hour and holiday conversations. And now neither are on the team, but this this feels a little wrong. It does, and you stole the words from my mouth. We had the yeah the Sumner holiday debate for probably two three years, and um, now none of them are on the team. So yeah. uh, Sumner yeah. didn't even play one more regular season game than Aaron Holiday. So we're all wrong because, well, yeah, I said Sumner would last on the team longer than Holiday. So um, yeah, it is is upsetting. Echo Alex's state statements there, um, very upsetting. I like him as a player. Real that hype guy off the bench. I think he was athletic, which. Paces of like for so many years, as we all know, he really gave it all in the defensive end. I really liked him coming in. He wasn't a guy you'd, you know, the box score bandits wouldn't like him because he, he might play 15 minutes and get 2.3 rebounds, one assist, but he changed the game. Like he changed the momentum and, you know, he was getting um, deflections and all that and fast break. So very sad. Again, understand the business side of things. Um not really sure what they were doing, picking up all these random guys and picks and all that. I don't know what was going on there for a minute during that um, New York Knicks game with Wodge tweeting, but um, yeah, wish him all the best. Jeez, I hope he comes back in the NBA somehow. It's a year out. It's going to be tough, but you know he's he's obviously a resilient guy, and um, yeah, let's hope we see him back in the NBA. 
Yeah. It, once, once again, I think I reiterate the sentiments of the both of you. We, we, we all three of us wish him the very best in recovery and also the very best in his future NBA career. I hope he comes out and has, you know, many, many meaningful NBA moments in his life and his career and, you know, has a long and successful career and then comes to Australia when he's like in his thirties and uh, mm-hmm. can come and meet us and play in our league because that's what I like for, uh, for player paces players, a long career and then come out here. That'd be good. But um, yeah, you, you totally understand the business side of the thing, the tax looming and that sort of stuff, but it doesn't make it any easier to swallow. This is why Kevin Pritchard is paid the big bucks and we are not because we probably couldn't have made that decision because we are blinded by how much we like the guy, but maybe it was the right call for the cap sheet for the Indiana Pacers in this season and what they would like to do moving forward. They signed, I think, Brad Wanamaker earlier today to a training camp deal. He will compete for that third string point guard spot. Uh, it would be interesting to see what they do with those point guard minutes over the next couple of games. Um, obviously, they, they do have Kiefer Sykes uh, as a potential third point guard uh, option. I think they, they've got a couple of different guys who could conceivably play the third string point guard behind Brogdon and McConnell. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that spot in training camp. I do, I bring it up, bring it up, Adam. Everyone's going to want us to talk about it. <laughs> I've seen it online. We've seen it. I was avoiding it. I was avoiding it. Are I'll we... stay out of it. I just want to hear <laughs> you two opinion. Okay. As a fan, I actually want to know what you two okay. think about All it. All right. Did the Pacers make this move? Okay. To clear space can for I just, Benjamin Simmons. Can I just say, can I just say, public service announcement. The Indiana Pacers did not call Philadelphia and offer Karis LeVert in a Ben Simmons trade. The Philadelphia 76ers wanted Karis LeVert in a Ben Simmons trade. And the Indiana Pacers so far have said no to that because there has been no Ben Simmons trade. So can we all just calm down? Can we all calm down? There is no, and I mean no, Pacers trade from the past five years that has been reported before it has happened. None. We have said that many times. Every single time there's been a transaction, it's caught us off guard. It's a weird time zone difference with us. So we get up at like 6 a.m. We have a 3 a.m. Woj bomb that we traded for Karis LeVert. We traded away Victor Oladipo or we traded Paul George for DeMarta Sabonis and Victor Oladipo or whatever. We picked up Malcolm Brogdon like five seconds after the free agent uh, window opens with not a move that had ever been discussed in the media that that we could get. I mean, Alex, Justin, I know you don't want to talk about it, So I'll... <laughs> Alex... It... <laughs> They, they can't possibly, like, there's no truth to this stuff. This is a Philadelphia leak to try and raise Ben Simmons' trade value. I wish Ben Simmons all the best. 100%. I wish him all the best. I hope he does well. Go Ben Simmons. Great. Don't particularly want him on this team, though. I think that'd be a little bit awkward. We've all expressed that we would have liked him to play for the Australian Olympic team. There's a little bit of... Uh, we're not we're not the greatest Ben Simmons fans going around. Like, if you want to trade for a sixer, trade for Matisse Thibel. There's there's your guy, but yeah, Alex, he, there's nothing there's nothing going on here, is there? Can you reassure me? Well, <laughs> it's funny because this is a hundred percent like Dale Dale Mori and his team fishing. They're fishing, mate. Come on, like what what else do they have to lose at this point? Look, they're finding Ben Simmons eight million dollars the other day. Uh, apparently, it's a quote unquote war between them. Like, yep. just trade the dude. 
they they obviously think his value is higher than it is, which is fair enough. Like he's an all NBA player. They want to get something in return for him. But at the same time, you can't waste a year of Embiid's prime. So they have to deal him sooner rather than later. Uh, do I want him on the paces? I'm not. Look, I'm not against it completely as Justin is, but I just, the fit is the biggest concern of it. Like him and Sabonis would literally just be way worse than Simmons and Embiid. So yeah, that that's the number one concern. Also, you know, we're talking about a guy who wants to live in California. Does he yeah. want to spend three years in Indiana? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we've seen this movie before. Like the last two quote unquote superstars that we've had on the team, all stars that we've had on the team prior to Domas where Victor Oladipo wanted to go to Miami, Paul George wanted to go to California. So why would we trade for a guy who clearly wants to go to California? All due respect to Ben Simmons, great player, will have a great NBA career. Good luck to him. Good luck in Minnesota. But why would we (laughs) trade for another guy who doesn't want to be here when all we've talked about the last two years in this podcast is how much we want players that actually want to be in Indiana? It just... Justin, you don't want to say anything, but mm. I want you to say something. Oh, that's a good listen. Like listening to you two, then it's good. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Like oh, my biggest concern with Simmons, if we got him, like, is his salary? I can't, I can't a lot of money. sit there if I'm Herb Simon and pay Ben Simmons that amount of money, highest paid player in franchise history. How are you going to sell that to the fan base saying? He in the franchise's history is the person we want to pay the most amount of money to who doesn't really want to be there. Look, these rumors are getting hotter and hotter. I bring it up on the podcast just five minutes ago because fans believe paces are about to get him. Um, So it'd be remiss if we don't speak about it. So um, look, personally, I wouldn't give up more than Brogdon and a draft pick. I said that to you too. Uh, I wouldn't be giving up Levert, Sabonis or anything like that. Um, But yeah, personally, I don't like Ben Simmons' attitude. I don't like his work ethic towards the game of basketball. And for me, right, I was even thinking when I watched this Knicks game today, whoa, TJ McConnell's worked on his shot. He can he can confidently hit a three-pointer now. If Ben Simmons doesn't come out like that for whoever he plays for this season, on his salary, what has he been doing this whole offseason when you've got a bench player in TJ McConnell working his ass off to get better? on the, his salary and you got Ben Simmons, a quote unquote superstar, not improving his shot. So um, going to be interesting. I'm with you, Alex. He has to be traded soon. I don't know who to, I think they'll trade him out West somewhere, but I'm so interested to see what Philly get in return. It's got to be Minnesota, doesn't it? I mean, they're, they've probably got the most assets. They've probably got the, the most desperation to get a player of his caliber in. It's just a, a question of whether, Philly will be willing to accept not getting D'Angelo Russell back in the deal. Um, I think, you know, Malik mm. Beasley is going to be offered along with a series of other role players because I, I Simmons and D'Angelo that, Russell played high, played high school ball together. So they're going to want to get those guys on the same team. They're going to want to try and please Simmons and and put him with his, his high school teammate and D'Angelo Russell. But I think, I honestly think the Pacers have a better offer than that. If you're Philly, even if you want to trade him out West, I think you're better off getting Brogdon, even if their picks are going to be better. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Pacers off is better than that Minnesota. I mean, they're not getting Damian Lillard. That that was their hope. They're not no. getting him. They're not getting any type of player close to Damian Lillard. They're just going to have to cut their ties soon. But yeah, I mean, I'm searching. 
Pacers were trending on Twitter in Australia. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, geez, I'm quick. Uh, maybe people are going off about how bad they're playing against New York. And it was just Pacers, Simmons, Pacers, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons going to Pacers. And I was like, what is going on? Like, yeah. In- insane. Like, I haven't seen people talk about Pacers that much since, you know, the Oladipo, Paul George days. It's got traction. So, yeah, like I said, I think we had to talk about it. Like you mentioned, Adam, all these rumors never happened towards the pace. I would be absolutely shocked if I woke up and Simmons is a pacer. Um, I I would embrace it. I I would be excited about it, but I'm just saying it would be really ironic for us to be talking for two years about how the pacers need an Australian mm-hmm. player and for the Australian <laughs> player they get to be the guy that we said um, made us a bit upset by not playing the Olympics. <laughs> like that, that one guy just happens to be the guy that they trade for. Um, Ben Simmons could be anything in this league. He he could be anything that he wanted to be if he had the right influences and the right people around him and the right skill set and the right drive and determination. If Kawhi can fix his shot, Ben Simmons can fix his shot. Like, Have you seen his workout videos? <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> he only posts a couple, mate. He only posts a couple of them. He looks like MJ in them. Shot, shot looks great. <laughs> I'm going to cut it there until we, unless we, we're going to say something that we regret when he gets traded and he's never going to want to come on the only Australian podcast there is for the Indiana Pacers, which is also going to be really ironic. We have been the Paceroos, guys. We'll have another episode coming up for you later in the week. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh, and we are ready for a big season of podcasts. Stay tuned. <laughs>